Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello and welcome to the Tracy Sandler Show. I am your host, Tracy Sandler. Very excited to be joined by my spectacular guest, 95-7 The Games, John Dickinson, We are coming to you from Minneapolis, Minnesota, where the 49ers have now lost their second straight game. Last year, they lost in week six and seven, too, guys. So, you know, take a breath. But they've lost their second straight game to a less superior team. So, John, let's talk about it. Welcome back to the show. Thanks for having me, Tracy. Really appreciate it. And yeah, something about October 23rd that that doesn't sit well for the 49ers that go back to last year, got blown out by the chiefs after they had been beaten by Atlanta. And, and this year, it, as you laid out, it's, it's Cleveland and Minnesota. And at least for the short term, the vibes of the five and O and the blowout win against the Cowboys have subsided. This team's dealing with some stuff, dealing with some stuff defensively, Brock Purdy having to play some closer games, some games where, there's a little more adversity team wide and he hasn't come up as big as, as he had in some of the, the other games and the 49ers are, are, are really, I think searching and, and clutching toward trying to get to the bye week now. Yes. Uh, it, it, and I, I thought, you know, Kyle Shannon in the post game press conference addressing the fact that he addressed the team short week kind of, it, it, it seemed to me as if it was, all right, guys, let's just hold it together for the next six days, and then this team can get a break and a reset and get on to the second half of the season. But, but they're 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 up against it right now. They're 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 fighting some some stuff for the first time this season. The last of the major pro sports leagues kicks off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing. Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access for every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. And Talano Hufunga said something interesting after the press conference, basically the same thing Shanahan said, but the way that Hufunga put it was, we need to focus on this season and this season's before the bye. So we need to get to the bye six and two and not five and three. And the six and two and five and three thing is something that Shanahan also said to us in the post-game press conference. So that clearly is what he said, you know, probably verbatim to the team, but it does create a bit of pressure and it doesn't exactly get easier because here come the Cincinnati Bengals with Joe Burrow and Jamar Chase, and they have not played up to the standard they've been playing at the last couple of years thus far this season. But as we've seen the last couple of weeks, that doesn't really mean anything. And the vibes certainly are not high. I would say they seemed kind of the most mad that I've seen them (laughs) seem in a while about this particular game, but they are searching something that came up specifically in the post game was on that very strange touchdown that essentially ended the half. And, and I could 
make the argument and kind of did in my game story that they never really recovered from it. But from that touchdown that ended the half where, you know, they called the all out blitz and then it looked like Charvarius Ward had his second interception of the day. Instead, Jordan Addison was like, give me the ball back and then basically walked right into the end zone untouched. And, you know, Kyle Shanahan said they're going to have to look at that play call this week, which I kind of thought was an interesting and very transparent thing for him to say. He was, I thought, visibly annoyed uh, at, at when when asked about, you know, do you like that call in that situation? To me, and, and, and Kyle is usually pretty good at keeping himself composed and, mm-hmm. and not letting on that he's upset about something or has to make a, make a point to a player or, or in this case to a, a, another assistant coach in, in Steve Wilkes. But, but I think either in the moment he lost his cool a little bit or he was so mad about it. He didn't care. Right. And basically was like, I, I don't care if everybody knows that I wasn't on board with that call. It, it's changing. And, and so I, I, and look, I don't think it's any kind of an, an untenable situation or anything like that. I mean, the 49ers defense was, was, you know, playing exceptional football up until two weeks ago, uh, you know, through the, the Cowboys game. And so they got hit a little bit in the running game early. They got hit in the running game by the, by the Browns last week. But the one thing that I've noticed with this team, and, and it's funny, it, it didn't really play out the first five games, but I go back to training camp. And, and one of my key questions was, Steve Wilkes likes to blitz. Mm-hmm. He's used to blitzing a lot as a defensive coordinator. He's been very successful with it. The 49ers have not blitzed a lot defensively. They've been, our four-man rush is going to get home and and we're going to dominate the line of scrimmage that way. And so it's almost been two things coming together, I think, to lead toward the blitzing. And I think it culminated in that that play tonight before halftime. The 49ers are not getting pressure with the four man front and they're, and, and Nick Bosa is missing opportunities and they're, they're just, as this season has gone on, you know, the sacks have not been there. And so I think it was twofold. It's Wilkes likes to blitz the, the, what the 49ers are used to doing isn't working. So he's, he's dialing it up. And I, I thought tonight they really against the Vikings got burned multiple times. That was the the most glaring one. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the other was the, the screen pass that went, uh, for for a big game as as well, and so I, I think as they adjust to bring it back to to Kyle and and the annoyance that he showed Tracy is there, there's going to be a conversation about it this week between Kyle and between Steve Wilkes, and I think Kyle's going to say don't don't do that in that situation. Yeah. It, it, it reminded me of the Ram, remember the Rams game when the, they were playing Tampa. They had the huge lead. They blew the lead, and then this was I think the year the Rams won the Super Bowl, and then the Buccaneers ran an all-out blitz and Stafford hit, I think it was Cooper Cup for a massive game that put him in field goal range and they ended up winning the game on the on the last yes. play. They, and it, it reminded me of that. It's like and and it was for all all anybody talked about in the NFL for the, the whole week was how could you do that? How could you run a zero? How could you, you know, leave the game up to a one-on-one with the, you know, a playoff game on the line? And and I I think, you know, Shanahan likes a, he, he likes violence and physicality, but he doesn't necessarily like a lot of risk taking unless it's mm-hmm. his offense taking the risks. And yes. So I think he's going to try to dial it back. And I think they have to get on the same page as a defense with what Wilkes likes to do, what has been successful in the past, what isn't as successful now, and try to figure out how to find a balance. 
And Nick Bosa felt like alluded to it a little bit as well. He talked about missed opportunities and he put them on himself, but he did make some comments about how it's different. You know, he he made a couple comments about it as well. So they are going to kind of have to figure that out. And it's so interesting though in the NFL because had Charvarius Ward come up with the interception, which it's like almost a very fluke play that he didn't, we're not having this conversation. And it was a great play call. And that's the thing that I think cool. is interesting too. And that's and yeah. that's something it's about. And that's, you know, there's always the cliche, it's a game of inches, but it is. I mean, that changes everything. Just like last week in Cleveland, Jake Moody hits the game-winning field goal. They still played poorly, but the vibe is very different. And, well, you know. No doubt. And, and just, I mean, you, you talk about both of it. Christian McCaffrey put, put the, I mean, he was really hard on himself yes, for the fumble was. early. And that was, I mean, that's another one of those plays where he looks up at the end of the game, lose by five, 49ers are what at the 12 yard line, then about to go ahead. The Vikings end up scoring a touchdown. The Niners never had a lead in, in yeah. the game at all off of that. So I thought those were the the two plays tonight. It was the McCaffrey fumble early and then the play right before halftime where the Vikings scored the touchdown. And and even the Moody missed field goal, I thought tonight, if you know, if he makes the 40, 39 yarder, maybe they're going down at the end and they only need a field goal to win and they have an opportunity to get to get in, in range. Yeah, there's that that one too for sure. You know, the Christian McCaffrey one, I I agree with you. That was a huge play. I have I, I put in my story that yes, it was a huge play, but he also scored two touchdowns. Out of their seventeen points, he scored fourteen of them. So right. like I always. Play like always. always. So numbers. I feel like yes, it's it was a it was a bad play. But the, I think the thing is, and this is kind of something Fred Warner alluded to after the game. When those things happen, they've got to figure out how to get over them. And I think that's the thing that's getting them over these last couple weeks, especially tonight. Like those are two big plays, but those are also two plays that happen in the first half. And they've got to figure out if they want to go where they want to go, how to recover from those plays. They do. And I thought Fred Warner, uh, he, he kind of, I thought called the team out almost as being a little bit like they're a little bit of front runners this, this year's version. Well, he said, I want to see our mental toughness go up, which I thought was a pretty strong statement from him. Because one of the things this team has talked about a lot, like last year when they went on the win streak and this year how mentally tough they are, and they all talk about how great they are at practice and how locked in they are. So when he said that and said, I think I want to see us win these grimy games, I agree with you. He really did call everybody out because this kind of stuff's going to happen. And this is the difference between the teams that win in the NFC Championship game and win the Super Bowl and the teams that do not. Yeah, and it's interesting too because I think the 49ers in some ways have become, like, when they're on, it's pretty. And mm-hmm. and I think they, they've, whereas you go back the last couple of years and they've struggled at the beginning of the year, I do think that is a, a point of perspective as a lot of the fan base is thinking, Hey, the sky is falling. What's going on. Everything's wrong. I mean, this is, this is a five and two team that was three and four after seven games in each of the last two years and and three and five, two years ago before they, they got it together and, and ended up winning down the stretch. But, but even then those iterations of the 49ers, while they weren't, they weren't as pretty, the, the way that they got it done when they were playing well, Mm-hmm. they did win the grimy games a lot. Like they yeah. would win games like tonight 
you know, go down la- like last week, kick the field field goal at the end, completely different conversation at the, you know, and, and, and it, and that to me builds momentum for the next week. Like I, if, if the 49ers win that game in Cleveland last week, I almost feel like they win the game tonight. Like they come at, they come at tonight's game from a better place because they would have addressed some things that didn't go well and been more focused to keep that momentum going. So I, I do think in a, in a season, there are little mini momentum st- stretches both good and bad and and the Niners right now are finding themselves in one of the bad ones and the thing that's also been interesting about this team it's like starting fast was such a point of emphasis you know we have to start fast and they've started fast they are certainly in better shape than they were at three and four and three and five now they're five and two but it's almost as if like they do better they need some adversity. It's, I don't know how to describe it. You know, I think there was something to the, those three and four, and I'm not I'm not saying that they should have started three and four, three and five, or anything like that. That's not what I'm saying. But there was something to it that kind of built a mental toughness. And it's almost like they've come, they came out so fast and like looked like the greatest, could be one of the greatest teams ever. And then they've gone through these, these tough two games and you you do have to deal with it. I, I actually would make the argument, and I did last week, and I will say it again this week, I don't think these games are bad for them because, like Fred Warner said, they got to win the grimy ones, and they've got to figure out how to do it, and maybe it fuels them. You know, I don't know. I just think this is the kind of stuff you'd rather they learn it in week six and seven, which they did last year. Week six and seven were not great, and... This is where they learn it. And I think, you know, with the field goal stuff, you know, Moody ends up making the 55-yarder today, which I think was extremely important for his confidence level because it was three missed field goals. And part of that, you know, I think that is a little bit the growing pains of a rookie kicker. You, They decide not to sign Robbie Gold, and, and I get it. And I think we all know how I feel about Jake Moody. So no complaints, you know, no, no, not going to second guess that here, at least not tonight. But... You know, that's part of it with a rookie kicker. And I think part of it too, and last week he should have made that kick. He sh- and he should have made the 40-yard kick tonight. Absolutely. He should have made the 41-yard kick last week. But when you know you have a rookie kicker that's probably going to be a little bit up and down just because the nature of the position in the NFL, then you do have to be on top of the other stuff. It's a team sport. And I think there's a lot of places where blame goes around. No no question. And and the other the other part though too is... I, th- I think, and this is where you saw the frustration from from the 49ers team tonight, is that one game like that is cool, and I think yeah, they yeah. accepted it. Tonight was the second one, and, and while I agree with you that that there is a benefit in it for the second half of the year, and, and heck, last year it was three and four, and they lost week six and week seven, and that was it. They didn't lose again until January. Right. So it... it, it you know, worked out to their benefit as they got rolling down the stretch last season. But I think where you saw the frustration was now it's two losses and now you look up in the standings and you're behind Philadelphia Mm -hmm. and Detroit is right there with you, even though Detroit, you know, got handled by the, by the Ravens yesterday. And now you're right back with Dallas and Seattle. Seattle's four and two. Dallas is four and uh, Dallas is four and two. And so you find yourself in a battle for the division that I don't think the 49ers thought that they were necessarily going to be in, at least at this juncture, right. with a couple of late season meetings, what they play Thanksgiving, I think Seattle, and then they play yes. in December. So those are late games between those two teams. 
And if Seattle can hang around to make those games really matter, I think that's something. I don't know about you. I didn't think I thought the Niners and, and maybe they still do, but I and and this is no disrespect to Seattle. I do think Seattle's a, a wild card type team like they were last year, a better version maybe of that team. But I, I really felt the 49ers were going to win the division without much drama. I did too. I, I 100% thought they were going to win the division without much drama. And they certainly, I thought that going into the season, I certainly thought it after the first five games of the season. You know, it, they this that Thursday night Thanksgiving game could all of a sudden have the meaning that the Thursday night December game had last year. And I think the season, there's going to be more drama now. Now, perspective-wise, they are five and two. There are a lot more games left to play for everybody. So, so many things can happen for so many different teams, but they have now put themselves in a position where Fred Warner called Sunday a must-win game. And I don't know that it's a must-win game. There was a game seven for the the ALCS tonight that was a must-win game, but this is a pretty important game. They do not want to go into the bye week at five and three, and more important than five and three, on a three-game losing streak, and they can't get frustrated. And it's interesting, the thing with the frustration is you need to fuel it the right way, and this is very easy for us to say because we don't have to play on Sunday, but (laughs) you have to fuel it the right way, and what you can't let it do is let it make you angry, and now you're playing bad, sloppy football and making bad penalties, you know, and that kind of stuff, and, and doing the dumb stuff that loses you football games. And that's a tough game. Short week, and not mm-hmm. only short week, but the Bengals are, they didn't play yesterday. Right. They're, they're, they're coming off their bye. And, you know, the Browns had a little extra in the tank for the 49ers when the Browns were coming off of their bye and faced them in, in Cleveland last week. So the, the Bengals had started to figure it out. They were, I think, one and two last year. They were one and three this year at the beginning. And, and they end up with their 10, 11, 12 wins by the, by the end of the year. And so they they probably feel like they're getting on a roll. The, the 49ers to me right now, Tracy, feel like it's that last day before your vacation, but you've got yes. a million things you a million things you have to do. Uh-huh. And it's like just get through the day. If we can just get through the day, everything's gonna be fine. And but you know, this is the NFL. You can't just get through the day and lose. You need to get through the day and try to win. You can't just get through it. Uh but I the 49ers feel like a team that's that that needs a break frankly, right yeah. right now. But they can't quite get it because they have one more really difficult game in front of them before they before they're able to get that break. Yeah, I would agree with you. But I think a little bit, I'm gonna say something that might be controversial. It's probably not, but it might be. That takes me a little bit back to the mental toughness thing because they've had two bad games. But again, they're five and two. They've been relatively lucky on injuries. They were without Trent Williams tonight. They were without Debo Samuel. They've been relatively lucky on injuries. This is a team, of course, they need a break. They're halfway through the season. They're going to have played eight football games, and that I'm taking nothing away from how difficult that is. But I think a little bit the mental toughness thing that Fred Warner talked about is a thing, and that's something they're going to have to figure out. That, to me, is maybe the little piece. Aside, there's obviously the X's and O's stuff, but that might be the little piece that's kind of off right now. I also wonder if they, be, they because they made such a point to to get off to a good start this year, and uh-huh. and they came out of the gates flying. And I I wonder if they're hitting the wall a little bit 
based on the fact that they did come out so hard because they were, and it wasn't just hard. It was, it, they, they were, I mean, hitting teams in the mouth. Yeah. We, I mean, Pittsburgh and I mean, it was just week in week out. The Rams game was, was an extremely physical game uh, for, for an offensive battle in the first half. You know, they were laying, you know, laying wood against the, the giants. And we saw the, the Cowboys game and, and, and the Browns game, I think, caught up with them maybe a little bit as well. The Browns were ready. You know, the Browns wanted to fight uh, in, in that, you know, literally and, and on the field. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and, that, and so I, I just, I wonder if maybe the 49ers, and look, it's, it's to their credit, they got off to a good start. You'd rather be five and two than, than sleepwalk into three and four and having some, sure. some other things to figure out. So it's a, it's a nice problem to have, but I do wonder if maybe they burned out a little quick quicker because they went, so hard at the start and now they're in this string of games against some other physical opponents and the injuries are starting to pile up a little bit which compounds matters and and they you know the reset i think could could do them some good not only the break but also getting healthier and and getting some some players back and and the trade deadline is going to come you know they might get a boost from the trade deadline the trade deadline is going to come during the buy also that's very true. That comes on October 31st. And I'm, I'm curious to see what they do, if anything, you know, when I look at, at where they are and, and what they need to me, it almost, you know, I don't know if they continue to try to bolster the line because I, there's been talk about the secondary, but I look at the secondary and I don't really think, what are they looking for someone to replace Lenore? I don't think so. They're not looking for someone to replace Charvarius Ward. Isaiah Oliver has been playing pretty well at nickel. Like, I don't know that it really is the secondary or the corners. Is it the line? Because the better the line, the easier it becomes on the secondary. But I'm curious to see kind of how that all plays out and, and obviously what they feel they need. But I think that defensive line is obviously something that they've continued to bolster, but they brought, Randy Gregory in, but they're not, the line is not as dominant as it should be. And so pass that's rusher. the pass, I, that's what they, it is. they need one more pass rusher. I think yeah. like to me, that's the, that's the, if you're going to go for a big ticket item at the deadline, I, I think it's a pass rusher. It's funny. I was doing another, I was on another show earlier tonight and it, we were kicking around trade deadline stuff. And, and I said, I, I said pass rusher. And then, uh, person said, "Well, other than pass rusher, what do you?" What, other than I said, "Well, you know, they I, they don't." I, I, it's funny. I said kind of exactly what you did. They don't really need. I went through the secondary. They don't really need this. I said oh, maybe they could use a corner, but th- that also could play some safety and maybe play some some nickel. And then I, and then I I, I realized I, I, I'm talking about Jimmy Ward. Like they yeah. could use. They could use Jimmy Ward. They could really use Jimmy Ward. Maybe they could trade for Jimmy trade and get Jimmy Ward back. I mean, no, but, but like they you know, do, I feel like a hybrid secondary type player. I mean, again, those don't just exist. I mean, he's a unique individual, and obviously, probably doesn't really want to be with the 49ers anymore, given some of the comments that, that he made. But uh, and and obviously, he left. Right. But uh, it, yeah, I, I don't know. That maybe some kind of hybrid secondary player, if you're looking for a secondary player, but it, they're just. They just aren't a lot of those. Well, and that's, I was on the show earlier too, and we were having this exact same conversation. I said like, you know, corners don't grow on trees, like high-end corners, you know, don't grow on trees. They could use maybe some depth. You know, I think you, I don't think 
they want to be an injury away from having Ambry Thomas start at corner. But again, those people don't grow on trees. And I think the corners that potentially could be available kind of are almost too much too much from what they need, if that makes sense. Or yeah, I don't know. Certain, like certain yeah. is probably yes. the that's like, wow, you'd love to have him, but it's like, do they like do you, that's a I know you like big ticket items, Tracy, but like that's a big ticket item. If that you're is a about- big ticket. I I don't think they do, and I also I, yeah, I just don't think, and I don't know what that does to a chemistry. You know, there's that too. There is that to think about. You've got a chemistry in the secondary. You have, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't, that just feels like that feels like way too big. They're making a deal though. I'm gonna say right now. Bold prediction. They're making a deal. They're making it. I'm I'm going pass rusher. I think you're also going pass rusher. But they are definitely making a deal. There is no way that trade deadline passes without some sort of, even if it's not a big, big ticket item, it, it's going to be an impactful ticket item. If that's the thing. Yeah. That. And just look at, they've had trade deadline success with McCaffrey, with Emmanuel Sanders back in, in 2019. Mm-hmm. And, and this feels, this feels, you know, last year they needed McCaffrey. I, I thought that trade was risky, but they needed McCaffrey yes, and, and and he completely changed the game and then Brock Purdy changed the game even beyond that but that team needed an infusion last year at this time and they got it I feel like the four this is more not positionally but this they needed Emmanuel Sanders to a, a yes. veteran I think at that pass rusher position but somebody that's been around that's won some big games that's played at the highest level. It, I mean, to me, it's, but, but maybe it's even on the downturn a little bit. I mean, I, I liken it to Von Miller going to the Rams a couple mm-hmm. of years ago. You know, that to me, that kind of a trade that where a guy is on the downside, but still has the ability to help at an extremely high level. Well, time will tell you guys, it is two forty AM in Minneapolis and John and I have been working a long day. So we are going to sign off, but first tell everybody where to find you, John. Yeah, uh, at JD John Dickinson on Twitter and Threads and Instagram. It's it's all the same on all your social platforms. There may or may not be a YouTube channel announcement in oh. the near future. I don't want to break that on on your show. It's it's not totally final, but yeah, there's a YouTube channel coming. So I'm, I guess I will just break that. Like there's okay. a YouTube channel coming. It's not quite up and running because things have been pretty busy. But you can also. Uh, hear me on 95.7 The Game. Big, as I, 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 most people, I do a lot of Warriors. The Warriors season starting tomorrow. So, oh, that's exciting. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be on the Warriors pre and post game and, and still covering the Niners and, and kind of going back. For, I love this time of year. It's my favorite time of year. So, yeah, catch me at 957thegame.com uh, as well. And, uh, yeah, it, it's going to be a lot of fun. I love this time of year where the 49ers are playing and then the Warriors start. And I get to focus on both. That's super fun. It is, it is a very good time of year. You guys can follow me on Twitter at TracyFGSN, on Instagram and threads at Tracy Sandler. We are brought to you by Bet Online. If you like what you heard, and I know that you did, please make sure to give us a five-star rating and a very positive review. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye, all.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.